Hello, and welcome to ASMR Tirar the Whale. Are you hoping to calm your mind, relax your body, or experience ASMR? Dr. Andrew Michaels is here to help you. We are so grateful you have chosen to spend some time with us today. Please remember to subscribe if you haven't already, and consider reviewing this podcast on iTunes and sharing it with your friends and family. It really does help. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to my silly little show full of recollections of supernatural events that happened in the past. Today I talk about one that's very close to my heart. Cry Baby Bridge in Salem, Ohio. A haunted little utility access bridge that allows the workers of Ohio Edison to get to the high tension lines that run through this swampy wasteland where no one really lives. A bridge to nowhere. I guess that's what it appeared like to children and teenagers that went down there to drink beer and have a bonfire nearby and tell scary stories to each other. There is a ghost tour that takes people down to Crybaby Ridge to take photographs. and Hopefully you'll get a ghost orb in your photographs. Oh, ghost orbs are very popular where I live, near and in Salem, Ohio. You take a photograph, and there's a floating ball of dust in your photograph. Well, it must be a spirit. Can't be anything else. Can't be anything less. Speaking to the dead, connecting with the dead, connecting with the spirits all around us. It's quite an occupation. You can make a lot of money doing it. And the ghost tours go down Egypt Road, outside of Salem, Ohio. That's right. Crybaby Bridge is not even in Salem, Ohio. It's actually in Green Township in Mahoning County. And it's off of a little windy road called Egypt Road. And all the youth around that don't live there, of course, think Egypt Road is haunted. That's where Crybaby Bridge is. And Crybaby Bridge is actually on Pine Lake Road, a section of it that has ceased to exist. The bridge itself is, like I said earlier, just a simple little access bridge to allow utility workers into an area they normally couldn't approach due to the swampland that it resides in. You can still see Pine Lake Road on a satellite image, and it's still traversable. In maybe only by walking from where it goes from blacktop to dirt to grass to the actual bridge itself. And then on the other side, it goes a little tiny distance, about the length of a normal driveway of anybody's house. And that's where it meets up with Egypt Road. And Egypt Road, of course, is the end of Pine Lake Road. If you go a little further onto the other side of the woods, 
that ends at Edict Road. You'll find that Pine Lake Road continues on westward. For whatever reason, they decided not to continue the road, and they closed it off. They buried the road. They ended access to the bridge with a gate that is easily removed if you want to walk across. There is a tour, like I said before, a ghost tour that goes down there. And they like to promote stories that Satanists live down nearby. That they have rituals near the bridge. That they kill animals as sacrifice. And scream and yell at the people coming down to tour the area. I think these stories are more fairy tales than the actual legend of the bridge itself. I do sometimes. I really do. I have seen no evidence of massive satanic rituals and bonfires down in the swampy, nasty, mosquito-ridden waters that surround the bridge. It is quite a nasty place to go down to in the spring and summer as any teenager will tell you, besides being scared out of your wits by every noise you hear, every car that drives by, thinking, oh, it's the police, or it's a monster, or it's the Satanists. There is the bugs, the mosquitoes, the flies, and every other kind of creature that lives in a swamp. It's not the most hospitable place to hang out and chat up young ladies. Or to meet a new boyfriend. You'd be better off somewhere else. And that's why I think the bridge has perennially been a place where you just take a can of spray paint and put your name on it. Add your moniker to those that came before. And then you run away saying how brave you are. Saying how strong and courageous you are. How you scared the girls into sitting a little closer to you in the car holding on to you tightly as you escape from the demonic area before the Satanists can find you. It always makes me wonder what actually happened down there. There are a couple of events that really did happen, one in recent memory and one that was so sad that it bears mentioning. A grandparent had a birthday party, and everyone attended. Everything seemed okay. Everything seemed all right. That night, after all the partygoers left the house, the grandparent got in their car, traveled down to Crybaby Bridge. They were found the next morning engulfed in flames in the car, did that person set it? Were they robbed? Were they kidnapped? Were they taken down there and then murdered? The story never really went anywhere. It never got exposed for the truth of what really happened. All we know is that an older person went down to that bridge, sat in their car, and was burned alive. I often think... If we could go back in time, back to when that person was a young lady, 
a young person looking for love. Maybe they went down to that bridge with their boyfriend, and their boyfriend heard a noise, so they went to investigate. They saw something on that bridge. Maybe they saw the legendary young lady holding her baby over the edge of the bridge, screaming, trying to stop herself from dropping the baby into the swampy, nasty, snake-infested waters below. They probably even yelled out to her to stop, yelled to her not to do it. But she did it anyway. She looked right in their eyes and let the baby go. The baby, with a weight around its waist, sank immediately into the nasty, fetid waters and disappeared from all view. She turned and walked off the bridge into the woods beyond, never to be seen again. You hear these stories. There's not one crybaby bridge in Ohio. There's like two or three. There's one in Doylestown that's probably just as famous or even more famous than the one in Salem, Ohio. And the one in Doylestown has similar stories. A young girl, unwanted pregnancy, took her baby down to the bridge to get rid of it, to escape her responsibilities, to return back to the life that she wanted. It is that little thread of the story that makes you think there might be some truth to it. Maybe there are young people who wish they could dial back that clock, aware that the magic moments of being 16, 17, 18, no responsibility, a little bit of money in your pocket, all the free time in the world, all the energy in the world, all the drive in the world, knowing that that time is fleeting and it's passing quickly. The days go by so fast, don't they? It seems like the school year drags out forever, but the summer goes by so fast. Even though you pack all of the events, all of the adventures you can into every single day, you wonder as you grow older what that time was like. Was it perfect? Was that the best time in your life? I'd like to think that as I grow older, time has a way of showing the richer, different sides to life. When I was a young man, I was only worried about my desires, the tastes and colors and flavorings of the world around me. As I grew older, I began to appreciate the smaller things in life, all the things, the minutia of life and what it offered, how mysteries could be basic and scary and frightening, but how on another term a story could be the saddest thing you ever heard, a story of utter sadness and despair, how somebody could be so stuck so without options, without able to see past their own f face and take such a devastating turn in life 
just dropping their baby into the water and walking away. We like to say sometimes that these people aren't evil, that they're sick, that they need help. And I know I believe it. Inside, I really believe it. And in my mind, I believe it. I believe it logically thinking you have to be mentally ill to do something like that. If somebody would just reach out and help that person, they would never do that. They were absolutely alone in their thoughts, alone in this world, in one way or another, and it allowed them to go down that road, alone. If there was somebody there to stop them, they wouldn't do it. There's no way, because people really aren't that evil, are they? They get sick sometimes. They get confused. They get emotional. They get sad. They get depressed. But they're really not evil, are they? Oh, they can't be. They just can't be because I can't believe someone would do that out of pure malice. That there could never be that kind of evil in the world. It has to be a sickness, an illness, a, a lapse of judgment, a psychotic break with reality. She didn't know what she was doing. And let's not blame the women here. There are plenty of men quite capable of doing the same thing to their wives and children, to their loved ones. So this isn't about women. This is about people in general. And I am going to take the story in a strange, strange direction that allows you to know why Crybaby Bridge is real why it really happened, why I know somebody dropped the baby off the side of that bridge and walked away. Because there is evil on this planet. And it looks just like you and me. Everyone is capable of great good. And they are capable of great evil. We are selfish and we are self-righteous. And we are also self-denying, thinking we don't deserve things in life, thinking we're not good enough. And it goes on and on. We keep applying every little emotion we've ever invented to the human experience. But there are other human beings who are completely selfish, evil, horrendous creatures of gluttony. They think the whole world is there for them, that we are here to service them. We are here for their amusement, their profit, their benefit. These people go through life and everything should be handed to them. And they want everything when they want it. And then something comes along in life that snaps them out of that reality. Puts them squarely in the world, completely helpless, without any way around the events about to take place. Like a car wreck, slowly traveling down the road towards another car. A 
pregnancy could be interpreted this way. There is no escaping what is about to happen to you. One way or another, the baby is going to come, whether through miscarriage, whether through an abortion, or whether through birth itself. You have to go through the process of delivering this baby. You can't escape it. It is a slow, slow-moving car wreck, and you can see the crash coming and the pain of that crash. That pain is life-changing. In your selfishness, in your corruptibility, in your private moments, when you became pregnant, you thought the whole world would sit up and applaud. Maybe that was your intention. Maybe you were just looking for sexual gratification. Maybe you were just looking for a good time. And things got out of hand. Maybe, just maybe, it was completely planned. A planned event. That if you got pregnant, why things would change. Because... Babies change things. That's right. We are all taught, oh, everybody was mad until I turned up pregnant. And then the doors opened up. And everybody was accepting of me again. Everybody felt sorry for me. Everybody lauded over me. Everybody cared for me. Everybody worried about my every move, my every comfort, my every care. There are people out there who use things like pregnancies and children as fulcrum points to move very, very large anvils, or not anvils, let's see, a fulcrum, and then give me a, a lever, <laughs> and I can move the world. And children can be that lever, pregnancies can be that lever. They can control, manipulate families, friends, husbands, spouses, boyfriends. Everybody has to do your bidding. I feel like I'm focusing just on women here, but if men would do a proper job of being a good boyfriend and a husband, if they would pay closer attention to who they're mating with, we probably wouldn't have most of these problems, because men are quite frivolous about relationships. But they think, well, this is the one, or it's never going to get any better than this. So they feel like they've got to just take what they can get. And then when they find out it isn't what they wanted out of life, or that they're unhappy with what's gone down with the relationship, then they want out. I want out. I don't want to be married anymore. I don't want to be the father of these children. I don't want to be a husband. I just want to go out and play like a little boy. So, before we go into the next part of this story, it's not the girl's fault. It is a 50-50 proposition, because it takes two to tango. And maybe you didn't know what you were doing, because I will say men can be quite dumb or naive about the ways of the world. But you always have to pay attention when it comes to children and babies. You've always got to pay attention. 
you never know what could possibly happen. You see, I know Crybaby Bridge happened no matter how much they cover it up. I know no matter what happened with that old lady burning up in that car and how much they covered it up and how much it receded into the memories of people until it was gone. I know that evil lives on the planet because I saw what Susan Smith did to her children. She broke up with her husband and couldn't work it out with her current boyfriend. He wrote a letter telling her that it was over, that if the children were not in the picture, he could probably work things out with her but he couldn't see marrying her and being the father of someone else's children. He was being an honest man about the matter. He didn't know that he set off a chain of events. She couldn't give the children to the father. She just couldn't do it, because that would admit losing. She couldn't give the children away, pay support, and just move on with her life and have love and freedom that she wanted, because she would have to admit she lost. Then it wasn't about her anymore. That gave somebody a chance to say something negative about her. That she was a bad mother. That she abandoned her children. That she wanted out. So what was she to do? She couldn't take the boys forward with a relationship with her boyfriend. She couldn't give them to the father. There was only one option. The boys had to go. She drove her car to a boat ramp, left it in neutral, or drive, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. She got out of the car, left the door wide open, the kids strapped in the car seats in the back, and she just stood there and watched the car roll slowly down the boat ramp and disappear under the water with those children in it. She stood there and made sure the car disappeared. Couldn't be seen. She watched. It's not the fact that she left it in gear. It's not the fact that she planned their death. It's not the fact that she was capable of something this evil. It's that, to me, it's that she stood there. And she watched. She didn't even turn away until she knew the crime was complete and the car was gone. And I know somewhere back in time someone stood on that bridge and did that horrible deed. It could have been a father. Could have been a mother, could have been anybody. But I know in my heart they stood there and they watched. They watched that child go beneath the water and they watched until it was gone to make sure the crime was complete. And seeing that it was finished, that their work there was 
done, they turned and started a new life. Or they tried to start a new life. I find it compelling that these things happen in life and our Susan Smiths and our silly little legends of Crybaby Bridge and all these other strange crimes that make no sense. We try to break them down over and over again and, and sort them out. And this is why, and this is why, this is why she did it. This is why it happened. This is why she did it. And we make excuses. We blame demons. We blame spirits. We blame the husband. We blame the boyfriend. We blame society. We, we, we blame her diet. I remember a young man killed an elderly couple and stole their car and maybe $20. When they found him, they took him to trial. And they used his diet as why he did it. He had a poor diet growing up. They didn't give him juice and they didn't give him good nutritious drinks like milk. They gave him Kool-Aid and Flavor-Aid. Don't drink the Kool-Aid, children. Look what it made this boy do. It's got to be why. It can't be that somebody is charismatic and tricked two old people into letting them into their home. It can't be that a woman is so selfish she would do anything to get out from under her responsibilities and her hatred for her husband was such that she couldn't just hand the children over. We can blame it on the parents, familial pressures, and her upbringing, and your insufferableness as a husband, and we could just make up everything we want to make excuses for it, but the bottom line is, when it came down to do it, she stood there, and she watched, and in that moment, in time, that human being was alone in the universe, and everything, according to them, was all right. And you need to remember that. Keep your children safe. Keep those you love safe. Keep them close by. Keep an eye on things around you. Watch for signs. And what I mean by that is cues. That somebody is willing to do an unthinkable thing to solve a finite problem. You can never really trust those around you but you can trust your own instincts and you can keep those you love safe. So the lesson of Crybaby Bridge is to not let things get that far away from you where something unspeakable can happen. Pay attention. Be a good steward of the things that have been granted to you in life. 
and take care of those you love. Safeguard and shepherd your family and friends. And pay attention to those you let in your life. Keep yourself safe. I know this was a little frightening and a little scary, but I think there's a lesson in there that sometimes people need to hear. The unthinkable can happen when we turn our backs, when we're not paying attention. When someone is left alone to make these decisions on their own. Don't let this happen in your life. Be aware and stay safe. Until I see all of you again, please have a most blessed day. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for ASMR Tierra de Fuego. Remember to stay tuned for the next episode, coming soon. When you have a moment, please take the time to rate and review this podcast. If you are interested in additional ASMR content, you may view our library of videos at youtube.com slash the theme song, Atlantis, is by Jason Shaw of Audionautics.com and is used by permission. Correspondence, including questions or requests, may be sent to tirardehuello at gmail.com. On behalf of Dr. Andrew Michaels, thank you. <laughs>